everybody. It's Kimberly. I am an eternal life student, which simply means human. At the end of the day, that really is the only title that we need. Today, I have a guest speaker. Um, he's actually back for the second time. Very excited to have him back. Hello, Artem Solomakin. Uh, welcome again. How are you doing today? Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me back on. Pleasure. First time was awesome. I'm happy to be back. Now you have very interesting topics. I'm sure I'll have you back again, probably. Um, we have a lot to learn from each other and let's share with everybody else. Um, so today's topic is artificial intelligence, also known as AI. And um, let's start off with um, what is the difference between AI and robots? Because a lot of people uh, kind of consider them the only thing that AI does, and there's a lot more to it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what um, AI is? Well, the difference between an AI and a robot's probably, uh, the robot's probably the body, and mm -hmm. the AI would hopefully be the brains of the robot, <laughs> so how it moves around and everything. Okay. Do you, is AI only in robots, or is it used in other ways? Um, so, um, we call it AI until it works, and mm -hmm. then we just kind of forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, most of the things that we interact with modern day, mm -hmm. is it some type of artificial intelligence from, uh, from music selection to movie selection to social media feeds to, um, you know, uh, Google algorithm. Okay. To find, to find the results of the search. That's also an AI. Um, yeah, the chips that our computers use to optimize our processing of what we're doing on the computer, they use artificial intelligence to optimize information flow and not overload our PCs. And right. battery usage is AI. So we have AI in almost every aspect of our lives, whether we realize it or not. I mean, in the beginning, when um, I think, well, I guess it's kind of important to define what AI is maybe. Okay. Um, an AI is, it simply means that uh, the computer or the machine or the software, mm -hmm. more probably the software is, is learning. Okay. As a, as a human would learn to get better at the tasks that it's assigned. So that's what an AI is. And that could okay. be, related to anything really so people have thought like if we if I have the ability to learn something new a new task mm -hmm. why can't I have the computer do the same thing if I'm aware mm -hmm. like we, we are conscious of the experience of learning right. so if I start a new job and I have to learn everything mm -hmm. I consciously make the effort to learn specific things to get good at my job okay so if I'm conscious of learning all these things I can consciously program something an entity to learn in a very similar way that I'm learning. So okay. that's something that we've already, we've been trying to do since the invention of computers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> now they're using it in everything. Like it's yeah. everywhere. It really is. Yeah. Uh, the applications are, you know, it's a hot topic that a lot of money is getting thrown into it. Yeah. Um, so. Um, it yeah. seems like, uh, I think they even use AI with other AI, if that makes sense. Uh, like with the algorithm, you'll have one that's yeah. setting up a certain way and you'll have another one that's looking for, for other information. Um, so you can you can use mm -hmm. them between each other, which is very interesting. Um, it's this, they're called, what you're talking about is almost, I'm not sure mm -hmm. what, if you're talking about this or not, but there's something called adversarial, um, adversarial networks. Okay. So, um, if I want an AI to get better at, let's say, playing chess. Okay. You have an AI that plays chess. You have another AI that plays chess. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have both of them play each other mm -hmm. infinitely in a loop, and they exponentially get better as they figure out um, the each mistakes other. that they make in the first time. So, they do that with um, a lot of different things, like... Uh, um, not not very familiar. I don't have like okay. that vast um, 
knowledge of what adversarial networks really are used for. But um, as an example of chess or an example of um, even like uh, picking out a picture of a cat out of a stack of pictures. Okay. Um, one AI will be trying to solve, like trying to figure out where the cat is. Right. And then the other AI would be tasked with trying to trick the other AI into thinking that there are other pictures of cats and getting it wrong. Oh, wow. So, so they're training constantly... each other. Mm-hmm. Wow. They... Yeah. That's pretty That's cool. cool. And yeah. that way, we don't have to constantly have a human being saying, you're wrong, or you're right, you're wrong, right. you're right. One AI will be, you know, yeah, like you said, cat and mouse game, but yep. with both okay. AIs in the process, figuring it out. Okay. So, okay, I have another question for you. I've heard, um, okay, so you've got Siri, right? Would mm-hmm. Siri be considered AI? I uh, sure would. Okay, Google, what is it, Google House, or what's that thing in the the thing in the uh, house that you can just say turn the lights on yeah <laughs> that's it right that you have it <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> um i heard they're also trying it in cars uh like self-driving cars <clears throat> they were gonna try oh, to do stuff absolutely like that. absolutely um your speaker uses ai to understand probabilistically what it is you even want, want it to do right if you're telling you're asking Siri, hey Siri, I want um, you know, I don't know what you're searching for. I want a new recipe on how to make cookies. Right. So <laughs> instead of giving you um how to make flour mm-hmm. or or giving you like these weird cookies that no one likes, you know, we'll probabilistically try to figure out uh well, first I need to go onto a search engine, then I need to figure out what's most likely, you know the answer that you want and then you know show it to your screen and also it needs to um transform what you're saying into text and then that text needs to be transformed into something that a computer can understand to um to search for it and every step of the process is using ai to kind of figure out um what it is that you need what is the most likely thing that you need Um, so yeah, there's one step of where it's saying, what is the what is it that you're saying most likely? And then another one is, what is most likely because what you're saying, what you want to see. Okay, so, so kind of, do you think that it almost um, thinks ahead for you based off of what they learn about you sometimes? Like advertising, or like mm-hmm. advertisements. Um, you hear everyone say, ah, they're listening to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because you'll say something and all of a sudden that advertisement will show up on some uh, media that you're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it makes no sense of why it showed up right then. Um, mm-hmm. So is it that um, it, it's already predicting that your next thing is going to be to look for it? So they're saving you that, that time to show you what it is? Yeah, um, probabilistically they're looking at everyone else who's probably purchase those products and congruence. So if I, someone bought, as an example, they are buying notebooks and then they needed pencils. Mm -hmm. Enough enough people have done that in the past, probabilistically speaking, then if you're buying pencils, you'll probably need a notebook. So it's it's looking at um, the, again, it's looking at all these probabilities of what people have done. Okay. And, and then it's assigning probabilities to you as a user as well. Okay. And it could also, it uses some percentage of the overall mix. So if overall people are most likely to buy these two things. And then it also bases it off of, um, to a degree, personalized to you. So maybe I'll personalize type of pencil or the type of notebook or, um, Things like that. Yeah. To a degree, it's um, information from uh, population, and then to a degree, it's catered to you. It's also behavior too. It, they they learn mm-hmm. your behavior and what you normally would do with that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. like for me, right? Um, I know that if if my son has pizza, he normally would like a glass of soda with pizza. 
Mm -hmm. So I don't have to ask. I know that's probably what's going to happen. The probability of it is very high because I've learned his behavior. (laughs) Right. So it's the same idea. Uh, You learn people's behavior and what is most likely to occur. Mm -hmm. um, And therefore they know what's what to present. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, I wanted to see if you wanted to kind of explain um, your your sand method uh, with AI. <laughs> sand method. Um, you like how I've named it for you. <laughs> the sand method. Yeah. Yes. Some I read of a book that was written by <laughs> Nick Bostrom. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the sand method is it it the reason for it or what it does is it describes how artificial intelligence uses characteristics to even be able to predict something okay so that's what it comes to music um what characteristics of music is it basing its all predictions off of or mm-hmm. if it's um or if it's pictures of dogs or pictures yes. of cats or pictures of anything how does it determine um whether the next picture is um, even remotely close to a mm-hmm. dog or a cat, right. how does it know what characteristics to look for? Yes. Um, so this the, the sand method that <clears throat> we talk about is um so as an AI, say I'm fed a couple of million pictures of a dog, right? And um, it wants to be able to you know come up with a picture of its own, for example, of a dog. Mm-hmm. And it wants to tweak, you know, tweak, tweak the dog to be something a little bit different from all the pictures that it's been given to make sure it looks like a dog. Okay. So before it can do that, it needs to figure out um, some of the defining features that a dog has. Probabilistically, what, what makes a dog a dog and what parts make up a dog. Mm-hmm. So... A dog has a mouth, ears, eyes, you know, everything that we have on a human face, kind of. So to figure out, let's just focus on one part of a dog. So the nose, Mm -hmm. the nose. Um, How does it figure out, you know, um, how does it figure out um, that a nose is distinct from the ears, let's say? Right. what an AI essentially does between looking, uh, between analyzing massive amounts of pictures is that it, it sees that all these pictures have a nose. Okay. It knows that they're all dogs because it's only getting fed pictures of dogs. Let's say for the simplistic term. So they're mm-hmm. all dogs and they all have something that looks like a nose, but it doesn't know what it is. Right. So over time, it will take, um, now imagine you have a plane like a, like a flat piece of glass with sand evenly distributed on it. Okay. <clears throat> so it'll take, it'll take, um, now it's focused only on the nose. It's not focused on any other defining feature. First, it wants to know what the nose is. Eventually, it'll go on to the other characteristics. Right. But it's noticed that they all have a nose. Mm-hmm. So it'll take, the amount of sand always stays the same, but right. I'll start taking. Um, it'll start taking the sand from parts that are not the nose. Mm-hmm. So those spots are left bare. You can just see the glass. Right. And I'll start sprinkling that on top of where it's seeing the nose over time. Okay. So over time, there's like this cone of probability. So chances are it's the, the pile is the highest where every single dog has that size of a nose. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of flattens out. And when it's flattening out, it's saying that, you know, all of them will have a nose of at least, you know, this size. Right. And as the pile kind of goes out, you know, it starts going into all those noses that might look kind of different. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a sharper nose, maybe it's something, you know, something different. Right. But now it's got a probabilistic feature of the nose. Mm-hmm. And that same process goes for every single feature that the dog has. So now... Imagine like the flat surface. Now there's bare spots and then there's little cones Mm -hmm. as to features that continuously repeat throughout every picture of a dog. So it doesn't know that it's a nose. It doesn't know that it's a mouth, but it knows that for some reason, the 
probabilities of every single picture having it spike at these features. Mm -hmm. And now when it wants to create, you know, a dog from scratch, you know, we look at pictures like, oh, artificial intelligence is creating art or yes. artificial intelligence is creating fake humans. Uh -huh. And how does it do that by analyzing, you know, thousands and thousands of pictures of humans and how does it just magically create a human? Mm -hmm. Well, it's gathered all these attributes. It knows what makes up kind of what a dog is, comes up with. Right. Or it knows what features a dog is composed of. And based off of the, this uh, probability matrix, it will tweak some things mm -hmm. based off of the law of averages. And all of a sudden you have a dog that, you know, wasn't in one of the pictures that we had, but still looks like a dog. Right. It has the a, features. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's similar enough that you'd be able to identify it as a right. dog. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it kind of catalogs it, would you, right? It, it catalogs the different features. And mm -hmm. then based off of that, they, they can identify that it's more, it's most likely to be a dog based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Based off of the, and, and the reason for the sand is um, it's just a way to imagine the probability matrix. Right. So probably if the nose and all these other features are very close to what, it determined was a dog. If it's close enough to those probabilities, it will mm. most likely look like a dog. Okay. <clears throat> unless, unless you go to the extremes, like on one extreme you make a really pointed nose, and on the other extreme you have ears that are very small, and it might yeah. look like very, very strange looking combination <laughs> of all those. <laughs> well, okay. So we were talking about this too. It's almost like a police sketch artist. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you see their 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 sketches. Sometimes they're a little bit interesting and they don't look like the person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you can identify it as a person. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have very similar features. Their nose could be big. It could be small, like, you know, mm -hmm. wide, all different things. Um, and based off of what information you tell them, that's that's kind of how they picture it. So the, the mm -hmm. computer's doing the same thing uh, in, in their own way with the sand. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Picture of best fit. I think the, um, when they're doing that with uh, the, the sketch, you know, they're not trying to create a very, very detailed picture, right? right. Not necessarily. They want to make sure that the picture is general enough where even if the person looks different slightly or like some characteristic that they didn't catch, yes. because it's so almost average looking where it's like, you know, the nose is it round or not so if it's right. round they'll make it round but not making it very very precise mm -hmm. so that way it can apply to the the person even if he has slightly different characteristics yes. like not different but more still more, identifiable yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so it's a lot of averages it'll look like him but not necessarily every single detail not as detailed right they won't they won't try to make it super detailed in the mm -hmm. beginning at least okay yeah so um all right so for ai um we also were talking about uh robots right mm -hmm. um oh, yeah. you know i like this topic <laughs> so <laughs> so yes robots are very cool unless they're chasing after you in a movie <laughs> yeah so i had talked to a lot of people and i had asked them because i knew we were going to do this podcast you know what does ai mean to them and majority mm. of the people had said robot you know um, mm. because that's what you see in the movies you know a mm -hmm. lot of them didn't realize that they were doing all these other algorithm um and things that are out there mm -hmm. um I think it's just because it's 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 kind of more scary when you think of a robot, you know, versus the other stuff that they're just kind of taking the information and using it. Mm -hmm. um, so in a robot, AI is is acting more like um, I guess they're trying to teach it more to be like a human. Would that be mm -hmm. a correct assumption? But more uh, fast thinking. So. Um, and this is not my expertise. This is just me thinking. Before, so yeah, they, they are, I think that they are trying to create or what it's called mm -hmm. is a general intelligence. Okay. General intelligence, general intelligence is when, a, when a, 
when an artificial intelligence can use information from um, a variety of different fields to solve problems. Yes. So it right now, artificial intelligence has been getting a lot better in mm -hmm. domain specific um, the domain specific areas. And by that, I mean like, so we, we started off with um, beating, beating players and checkers. Right. Moved on, we graduated players, uh, computers beating people at chess. Mm -hmm. If you ask the AI who's beating the person at chess, hey, can you figure out what my, the cheapest copy will be and you know deliver it using a driverless car? Right. It, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. I can't, right. can't do it. So domain specific. And we've gone up to, um, oh, and keep in mind that when the computer, when the AI beat the person in chess, mm -hmm. there are people predicting that once an AI can beat a person in chess, you know, it's game over. Like, oh, really? It's already too smart. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was predicted that, like, this is the, um, not necessarily the end, but that's the epitome of computing power. Wow. Like if, so if, so that's uh, kind uh, of the measurement? That's, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, people thought. We better make sure we're, we're practicing and, our chess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the way to make a robot more human-like, well, um, there's two things. One, it needs general, general um, artificial intelligence, which is being able to not not use domain specific okay. information. So um, instead of just being able to play chess or a video game or, um, well, now we have robots that can walk around. Yeah. Have you seen any of the robots from Boston Dynamics? I have, I've seen things on TV where they're walking around, they're talking, they're having conversations, things like that. So they can even dance. They can oh, really? get over and get up. You know, but is it something that they do on their own? Like, do you have to say dance and then it dances or will it just start dancing when it hears music? Well, I'm sure if you can do like a, you can program it to dance if it hears music and stuff, right. but it's not like it's doing because it wants to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, there's been a lot. You've seen the interviews that they've been doing with some of these robots out there um, where they're asking it questions and they're they're feeding it information, but it, it almost seems mm -hmm. as though that the, um, they're learning more, you know, they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. learning all around them. So they're growing more knowledge, um, yeah. on their own. Right. They, they, um, um, or is it being fed to them and then they, they grow from there? I'm not really sure. That's okay. I, Again, I, I'm just asking questions. I know there's, um, open AI, mm -hmm. Elon Musk, the company. Yep. Um, and he's come up with GPT-3. GPT-3 is a, I forget what it stands for, but essentially it, you can type in anything you want. Right. And I'll answer. Um, but it also say you can type in plain English. Mm -hmm. You can type in, I want a website with a, with a title being an orange in this font. Like you can just use plain English. Okay. And you see it, you software code, program it into existence. So all of a sudden, you have the literal code that you need to create this website or to make it look like that. Oh, wow. And that's a big step towards um, general AI, where it can comprehend um, a big part of creating a general intelligence um, is that they can understand plain text, mm -hmm. uh, plain English, or whatever language. And... That's good. Turn that into uh, something that, you know, turn it into reality in the virtual world. Um, Do you so, think that speeds it up now that it can understand plain text versus having to convert it? Yes, definitely. Because now, um, like, all, like the search engine that Google has, it can kind of um, give you an optimal you know, result, mm -hmm. you kind of know exactly what you're looking for. Right. And if it can translate what you're looking for and then choose, you know, like right now we're choosing all these different domains where the AI is winning, but it right. can't, um, it can't integrate between those domains. So I guess now that we have 
now that we have an AI that understands what you're looking for, we can maybe pinpoint the domain that's already better at humans and doing that and oh, wow. then use that to be able to uh, be more human-like. Um, but the second part to the question is making AI more human-like or mm -hmm. getting a robot to be what we think would be like, um, what we tend to think of is like general intelligence, which is like being able to access all these different, you know, pieces of information. Right. So there's uh, making it more general between cross domains and stuff. Right. And the other one is um, uh, deals with perception. Yes. So objective perception. Mm -hmm. uh, as human beings, we we don't see things objectively. Correct. We see it from the perspective of I'm looking at things, and when I interpreted it when I interpret something like a piece of news or a video that we all can see, mm -hmm. I interpret it subjectively um, based off of my experiences. I incorporate yeah. it into my knowledge base mm -hmm. and everyone else is doing the same thing. So we're not all objectively looking at this video. We're all subjectively. Yeah. The question is, do we, how does an AI, um, would, an AI would, a, would an artificial intelligence look at something subjectively? Right. And if it does, then it will be a lot more human-like because mm -hmm. then it can see from the perspective of what we're looking at it, how mm -hmm. we're looking at it, instead of this um, uh, like all-encompassing information mm -hmm. thing. I think that kind of is what separates it, you know? Yeah. That they, they always say, I've, I've heard a lot of people and on TV and things like that, where they're, you know, they talk about trying to make robots more human-like and they're mm -hmm. trying to figure out what is that missing piece. They can't figure, figure it out. Um, and, and that's because they don't have that, that lifetime story. They don't have the history uh, to put it in their own perspective, mm -hmm. right? And the hard, the hard part about it is we still don't understand exactly what consciousness is. Yeah. So how do um how do you capture that? Questionable how to program it if we don't know what it is. And there's mm -hmm. philosophies and a lot of people have their own stance on it. Mm -hmm. What happens when we're no longer here on this earth? Does our consciousness go somewhere? Do is consciousness computational? Right. You know, uh, a thought that they have right now is that consciousness is just um computation mm -hmm. and if it's computation then if something runs enough computations then it becomes, becomes conscious so that's a current that's a thought okay um, um all yeah. right so so let's talk about some movies and games and things like that i'm gonna throw some stuff at you see sure. okay <laughs> Because, you know, we are talking AI. There's got to be a little bit of fun to that. <laughs> like the hat, by the way. Critical thinking. <laughs> Ready. Okay. So um, we already know about the movie Terminator. Uh, there's the movie AI, actually. Um, Robocop and all those other good fun stuff. Right? Awesome movies. Yes. They're definitely. usually pretty cool. <laughs> so... Um, what do you think uh, the reality, again, this is all just us talking, um, having an AI type system within a human organism? Um, I heard they made a bionic lens or something like that for, for uh, people who were blind. Mm -hmm. um, so that is more of a, I guess, that's not robot. Would it be a robotic eye? Or is that um, something else? You know what I mean? Is that the beginning of it? So when talking about, <clears throat> um, th there's two different ways an AI can be used to augment our, ourselves. Mm -hmm. One of them is, you know, we've lost an arm, we've lost an eyeball. Yep. Senses you've already, um, already have mm -hmm. or have lost or should have had. And in that case, the, the, um, the artificial intelligence interprets the signals that our nerves need to feel. Mm -hmm. And it, it does use artificial intelligence for very, again, domain-specific things. So if, I'm, if I have a robotic arm, it kind of uh, it understands from my brain mm -hmm. what impulses 
come in that I want to use my finger. Okay. And I'll move the bionic arm in the way that it understands the impulses. Mm -hmm. So that can be applied to, you know, our vision that can be applied to any of the senses that we currently already have. Okay. Um, another way to make us bionic is something that Elon Musk is trying to do right now, which is with Neuralink. And I think there's a couple of other companies that are trying to do the same thing, okay. which is incorporate ourselves into a hive mind. Okay. So like bored. Like I use I use <laughs> my brain to like go and search the internet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, um, you know, a, a big thing with communication is what Elon Musk says is that there's um we have all these thoughts, we have all these ideas and things, but we need to use an interface to communicate. Okay. Like if I wanted to write a message to you, I gotta go get some clunky piece of technology. I gotta get my phone. Right. I gotta make sure it's charged. I gotta type something in. If there's a glitch, whatever. What if I just want to send him like a message? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the second <laughs> second way, like being able to communicate. Okay. On a level using AI. So that one. So is it almost like Matrix too? Would you think? Not to the um, same extent, but basically everybody will be connected in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Simulated. It's almost a simulated environment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> augmented I don't know but so that's the, that's kind of like the second way like using AI to better communicate better to like this is something that um, is a little harder to do yes and and um, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked I feel like I'm not answering the question the, no you're doing fine the question was um, augmenting ourselves using AI right yeah yeah. Okay. So. Um, oh, it is something that's already starting. Yeah, it's already started. It's in the works, and okay. it, it's a little complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, apart from using AI to communicate with each other directly, like translate my thought to you without you reading anything, without you right uh, seeing anything, things like that. Mm -hmm. It apart from me communicating with you. Um, the same would apply to me communicating on the web. So right. I want to type something or I want to portray a message to a lot of people or I want to control, I want to, whatever I want to do on the web mm -hmm. or whatever I want to, you know, I want my car to pull up in front of the driveway so I can get it. Just the thought alone makes it do that. Right. Um, that's the other part of artificial intelligence that, um, it's not domain specific again again so it applies to a lot of different things yes and a big a big part a big problem that they're looking at solving right now is that if i think of um an object if i think of um a mouse okay like a little mouse that's running around right and i want to project that image to you like i'm thinking of a mouse i want you to know that i'm thinking of a mouse telepathically right you're the way you interpret a mouse is different than I interpret a mouse. Okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So subjectively, you have seen different pictures of mice. Right. You've had different experiences with mice. I don't mm -hmm. you're scared of mice or you're not scared of mice. So different associations in the brain will mm -hmm. match each picture that I'm trying to convey. Okay. So if that's the case, and I'm trying to portray an idea of a mouse, so the way humans do it now is through language. Mm -hmm. So even if I have a different idea of a mouse that I'm trying to portray to you, once I say the word mouse, you know. you know what I'm talking about, but the idea may be different. True. What I picture in my head when you say the word is different. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now imagine that with. <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's that's big. So if I want to call, if I want to call her over. My idea of a car, my idea of calling it over, where it's located, mm -hmm. it, it becomes exponentially harder mm -hmm. to be able to, and it, it has to do with being subjective, right? right. We yeah. all view things subjectively. So that's a big, a big question of how to augment, um, you know, our intelligence is mm -hmm. how do you make something subjective? Sure. I think we're, where we're at now or what we've accomplished is that we've had a, uh, 
like a mouse, like yeah. a mouse. And we've had implanted um, this device in its brain. Okay. And if we say, and, and we linked two mice together, actually. Okay. So one mouse, we taught that, okay, if you see this in your brain or this flicker, click the right lever, mm -hmm. you get a reward. Right. And it telepathically is able to tell the other mouse without, <coughs> without that other mouse being caught with the levers to go left or right ah. based on the imaging of the brain. Interesting. Very so, interesting. <clears throat> they've figured out how to deal with left and right between an animal, but if you're starting to go with, um, you know, more concrete pictures or more abstract ideas, well, again, it probably gets a little more complicated than right and left. Right. Um, and like you say, subjective, you know, versus your own perception and everything like that, that changes everything. It really does. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's the problem with AI. Um, they, they can't do the perception you know, because they don't know what it is for everybody. If you train it maybe with one person and their thoughts, okay, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but not with everybody because everybody has a different view. Yeah. Wow. Well, what what it would what it would do, or the way it would probably maybe work, is that you would need you know electrodes stuck in every person's head, <laughs> and then go through you know. I'm going to show you a picture of a fish to mm -hmm. 5 million, 5 billion people. Right. Record or somehow show right. what, what their brain looks like mm -hmm. at that specific snapshot. So now all of a sudden you get a general idea or at least an average of what right. everyone thinks about when they think of fish or when they think of the hamster and things like that. Right. And then now you have a subjective AI that can... You know, someone thinks of the word fish and the AI understands that you're thinking of a fish and not something else. But right. Kind of like the dog is... knows, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It really is like that. They, they, mm -hmm. they may not have the same exact thing, but close enough, the person would identify it. Right. But how to capture that? Uh, a million different ideas from a million different people, all differing in a slightly different direction. It's exponentially harder. Right. Um let alone like um, if you think about pixels on a computer screen mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of them right right I don't know how many millions, a lot but, yeah <laughs> and they can each person would have a slightly different picture of something mm -hmm. it, it just gets exponentially like <laughs> Yeah, I, you're talking pixels in general. That, that that number alone is enough to make you say, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. I have another question for you. Um, and you could tell me to stop asking you questions whenever you'd like. <laughs> um, okay, there's, uh, okay, so there's a game. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm saying it right. I may say it wrong. I think it's called Detroit Inhuman or Detroit okay. Human, something like that. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. Um, okay, so this game, it's actually really cool. But what it does is it has um, it has three characters and those three main characters, you play it. And depending on what you choose as the outcome, it then changes the storyline. OK, mm -hmm. that's just a little background of, of what it is. It's like a detective who's chasing down a robot that they think is a killer. Um, mm -hmm. okay. OK, but the whole, the whole premise of the game is about robots and how they um, they actually became part of society. And they then were, um, they were doing the house cleaning, uh, they were doing construction, they're walking the dog, they're, they're all over the place, um, mm -hmm. just as a robot, you know? But somehow they start to get a conscious um, or, or, you know, something along those lines where they can feel themselves. So now they wanna be respected as a, an entity. They're not mm -hmm. just a robot. Um, and I think a lot of times in different movies, that's what happens too. Uh, they're showing you that it's a robot, but it has its own feelings, its own thoughts, you know, those type of things. I think even mm -hmm. in Star Trek, Data, 
right? What was, what did he try to do? He wanted to be as close to your human that he could. So he would try to practice uh, having different emotions and, and, and feelings. But um, during certain times, he would want to turn those emotions off because it was too much to handle. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it must be nice. You I know, I love that. When it, when it was scary or something, he'd be like, hold on, I got to turn off my emotion. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just interesting on how uh, people view um, AI uh, through through books, through movies, uh, TV mm -hmm. series, and things like that. They they try to make it into a, a person, right? Yeah, I think it's easier to. <clears throat> it's almost like giving something human like qualities to be able to better understand it yes yeah so we're projecting how we view the world onto an intelligence that we create to be able to better understand it's how it thinks yeah mm -hmm. so um it's really hard to really pinpoint the point where something that gains you know general intelligence mm -hmm. and if it and then super intelligence whether it would gain consciousness or at what point that would happen right right, right. um the motivations behind artificial intelligence would not be the same the mm -hmm. big part of it is it doesn't it's continuous it doesn't die right yeah a big part of uh our subjective experience is that part of the end game is that we're not going to be here anymore mm -hmm. and if that's the case then one of our main priorities is doing what we can while we're alive. Yeah. So to speak, or leaving something behind or the, a big, um, people tried to, you know, live forever through three different ways. So yes. One, have children or have kids or family. Yep. Two, build something that is used into the future. Mm -hmm. And three, I forgot. So, <laughs> Oh, spirituality, spirituality, where if okay. you believe in an afterlife or you believe that whatever, whatever the belief is, and that's the third way of living forever, so to speak. So those inherent understandings mm -hmm. are not going to be prevalent in something that is super intelligent. Um, it's a continuous, not one of its goals or its main goal will not be revolved around leaving something behind or living forever so it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be religious they won't necessarily care about having a family and it won't necessarily care about building something that will last mm -hmm. so it won't be intertwined with its goals so when we talk about consciousness and subjective experience um i don't think it'll be like anything that we any of us really imagine because right. it doesn't it's infinite it yeah it's just I, I, it, I can't it, wrap my head around no, it. no like it, it's always learning but it's not learning for the same reasons we are yeah right yeah, the reasons are very very different yeah and um some one of the topics that <laughs> was interesting is why would an ai wipe us out okay <laughs> that happens wow. a lot in the movies they're always after us right <laughs> yeah they're, they're after us they necessarily um so what, what have you learned? Why do they want to wipe us out? Well, there's a, there's a number of, um, there's a number of, so and I, AI has a final goal, whatever it's programmed to do. Mm -hmm. Now, to get to that goal, an AI would have intermediary steps to get to the final goal. Okay. Um, the final goal can be very simple it could be complicated let's mm -hmm. say the goal is to optimize human happiness okay nice yeah that's, a, that's a very nice ending <laughs> uh, so one of the intermediary steps in ai um now there's intermediary steps in ai will take to accomplish its final goal okay one of the intermediary goals most probably comes out to getting infinite resources okay and uh the second is continuity of 
it be it, the AI existing to be able to accomplish its final goal. Okay. If it's not continuously um, in existence and it can't finish it. So it wants to do its mission, basically. That it the goal mm -hmm. is to do what it that it's been told to do, no mm -hmm. matter what. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um now what one of the the first goal was the um, unlimited resource acquisition. And the question is why? Mm -hmm. So if an AI needs unlimited resources to accomplish its goal, by default, it's wiping us out to accomplish what it needs to do okay. because it needs, it needs the resources that we currently have. It needs to do whatever it needs to do, but it requires all the physical space, all the, you know, the air, the factories, whatever. So in that case, it's taking over the world. But so the right. question becomes, why does it need unlimited resources? Or why is that a prerequisite to it accomplishing its goal? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so say a human happiness, right? So right. Uh, you've given a, a all-knowing super intelligence the goal of give, optimizing human happiness. Um, one of the first things it needs to do is um, figure out what happiness is, yep. I guess, yeah, subjectively. Yeah. Um, they'll probably, um, say emulate a human brain or okay. figure out what, what is happening, run, run a simulation on a human brain, figure out what it, what's happening. Right. What it can do is that once it figures out, um, what happiness is subjectively, it simulates it. It'll, it'll get like a loop, okay. a loop of that one emulated brain being happy. And then just plug an electrode into everyone's brain, <laughs> running that loop forever. So everyone's he's, infinitely happy all the time or whatever. So he solved, he solved his goal, right? <laughs> Think about yeah. it. <laughs> You'll be like, I did it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then optimizing it would involve, you know, it may need unlimited, it may need resources to figure out what, what's even better, what's even better. So it'll need to continuously improve its computing power mm -hmm. to get more computing power. It needs more resources, you know, yada, yada, yada. It expands yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the known universe to be able to computationally understand how to better mm -hmm. the happiness <laughs> and then, you know, do that. But that applies to pretty much any goal we can possibly set for an AI. Mm -hmm. if you want to optimize production of paper clips. Right. You know, there's, um, the more we learn, the more we figure out we don't know, yes. so to speak. So an AI would be similar in that sense where if it gets more computing power to understand better, mm -hmm. how to get better at the task it was given, right? it will continuously expand to accomplish some menial task. Right. Even if the task is in a small space. Like mm -hmm. if I want to say I want, you know, the smoothest table or whatever, or right. go out into the infinite universe, increase its uh, computing capacity to the point where it understands the optimal point, mm -hmm. get better and better. And then it comes back into this small space and uses all its computing power to accomplish something small. Okay, all right. So in that way, there's a lot of scenarios in which case we become irrelevant because mm -hmm. we set a small goal that it, um, and with, with AI too, it's um, a lot of researchers have given AI a task, play this game and win. Right. And a majority of the time, it comes up with ways that the researchers have never thought of how it would win or get to, get to the end goal. Right. So that's a problem too, is formulating the end goal without knowing how an AI would go about accomplishing that. That is a very good point. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, we, the more we learn, the more we know nothing, right? Um, mm -hmm. we, we can't assume that we know what can happen because we don't know all the different things. So you give them a goal, you better make sure you know what you're doing because mm -hmm. they may surprise you and, and uh, find different ways of doing it, just like you were saying. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's one of the problems when you start playing around with AI. Um, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you think you know everything, right? 
but you you actually start to learn that you don't and um it starts to teach you uh, a thing or two you think you're teaching it it's teaching you right mm -hmm. there, <laughs> there, there's a thought where when when artificial intelligence becomes general mm -hmm. or when when it gets on the human level there's only a very small um gap between that and it becoming super intelligent mm. because if a, if a computer can think like a human being can right it it it, it can connect to the entire web and work a lot faster mm -hmm. so once we've figured out how to make an ai human-like it becomes super intelligent pretty fast right chances are and at that point we no longer it's too late to come up with constraints. Yes. As I was say, you, it, how are you supposed to control something like that? You can't, right. you really can't. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a big, big, um, it, it's a race to the top. Right. You know, China is working on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of different countries are working on, you know, getting it to work. So there's right. a race inherently to get there. Right. So once we get there, then the question is, mm, can we handle it? Can we handle it? Wow. And if um, if the gap between between general intelligence and super intelligence isn't that fast, whoever gets there, uh, there's a risk of them becoming kind of like the super intelligence that the first one out there. Mm. If the gap is actually pretty small, chances are it will stifle anyone else from getting there to begin with. Yeah, because they're going to want to control it, right? And mm -hmm. then that's it. They'll they'll keep it to them. They'll own it, basically. Well, the, the super intelligence might prevent other intelligences from making it. Yeah. It's going it, all around the it's world. It's almost like it would defend itself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. Depending on whatever goal is set, you know, mm -hmm. if it wants to make unlimited paper clips, it's got to make sure that it's not threatened by other AIs. Right. So one of the main like not the final goal, but one of the prerequisites is that the AI has to continuity. Mm -hmm. yes. So to ensure its continuity to accomplish its final goal would be making sure there's no competition. Yes. Yeah. So even if I only want to make paper clips, I'm going to wipe everyone out to be able to make <laughs> my paper clips. That is some serious competition. <laughs> yeah. You're going to wipe them out over a paper clip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So. I mean, this is very fascinating. This is there's so much uh, to learn from it. I know it's it's just ongoing, and um, we're learning something new every day. We really are. Um, mm -hmm. I think at, at this point, I'm going to end our podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about this in another podcast if we really want to, um, because I do know this is not going to stop. Um, it will be an ongoing conversation, and they mm -hmm. will be learning things new uh, all the time and i'm actually um looking forward to see what in one year's time how different it will be you know um mm -hmm. am i going to be able to send you that picture in my mind of that mouse <laughs> and will it be the right mouse you know <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us of course. i really do appreciate it um this has been a very fascinating topic and um i hope you have a very nice day you too, Kim. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. No problem. Hold on one second.